0: Hello, and welcome to Grazia Life Advice, Grazia's podcast. I'm Rhiannon, and each week I'll be interviewing women worth listening to and getting them to pass on the six best pieces of advice they've ever been given, and the worst piece too. Our guest this week is singer Sophie Ellis Baxter, who, after 21 years in the music industry, is about to release her greatest hits. The album has a twist though. The song Diaries, out next year, will feature her biggest hits like Murder on the Dance Floor, but reworked with grand orchestral arrangements. She's also recently announced the album is set to coincide with the birth of her fifth child, but she'll still be taking the music out on the road next summer. Sophie has recently released a new single, Love Is You, and we met her at her absolutely gorgeous London home, where she talked about everything from the terrifying prospect of being on Strictly Come Dancing to how to best cook fish. I loved meeting her and I think it's an interview packed with great advice, whether you like fish or not. So, over to Sophie. I'm here with Sophie Ellis-Bexter. Hi,
1: Sophie. Hello, how are you?
0: Good. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. i really excited to hear your best advice, but I just want to talk to you first because you've got a bit of a busy patch coming
1: up. You've got new album and new arrival as well. <laughs> how, how are you feeling? Are you good? <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely not many dull moments going on at the moment. Um, yeah, so I, I've got my, um, well, I guess it's my seventh album coming out, which is an orchestral greatest hits um, so I've reworked um, songs like Murder on the Dance Floor and Take Me Home and Groove Jet, but with full orchestra, mm. which has been really fun. And the single that's out at the moment is a disco song, which is kind of tr- pulling it all together, really, because we're taking the orchestral album on the road. But when I do it, it will be half orchestral and half actual disco because we're going to have a full band as well. So it's kind of old school New York disco, Philadelphia strings, um so I thought it'd be nice for a single to be a, a disco song. So mm. I've used this song called Love Is You, which actually was the song that Groovejet was sampled from. So right, it kind okay. of brings everything full yeah. circle.
0: That sounds like a great party night out and you've got the strings and the disco. Are you hoping it will be that kind of vibe when you tour it eventually? 100%. Like, if
1: I will be getting people dancing by the end. Like it's a given, <laughs> definitely. Amazing.
0: <laughs> so we're here to hear your best piece of advice mm-hmm. and I, I'm excited to hear what you have for us. So what is the first
1: piece of advice? So the first piece of advice and probably the, the one thing I always think of when people ask me about advice is about trusting your instincts. Mm. Um... Sounds pretty basic, but actually, I think um, it's very easy to stop doing that uh, It was advice given to me by my mum mm. from when I was really young, and I think particularly if you work in a job like my job, which isn't a proper job, where there are many many forks in the road and not really right and wrong answers about what you do next um, it's always suited to me to do the thing that's felt like I could sleep well at night okay. um. And it's not necessarily the most obvious thing. It's not necessarily the easiest thing, but it's about the thing that just makes you feel good in your bones really. Mm-hmm. Um, because everybody's got their own opinion about, um, you know, where everybody would draw the line if they've, I don't know, if if you're making music and how you what you're promoting and um, how you live your life really. It's very easy to be judgmental. But I think... Um, when you work in a job like mine which is very bespoke Mm. then so long as you've gone into it everything feeling like your instincts are good you can kind of live and die by what happens next Um, and certainly that's always seen me right
0: have you ever found your instincts rub up against things that maybe management and companies don't want you to do and how have you dealt with that
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah frequently actually and I totally appreciate that that's frustrating because Mm. everybody else has got ideas about things too and I'm fortunate enough to have uh, lovely people around me people I've worked with for a long long time Mm. and I respect the opinions of others and I kind of I'm somebody that likes to talk to everybody about advice anyway so if I've got a dilemma I will ask um, my husband Richard about stuff. I'll ask my mum about stuff. Obviously my manager. Um, I've made the last few albums with a, a musician friend of mine called Ed Harcourt. I'll probably ask Ed about stuff. I've got girlfriends I've known since school who I ask yeah. about stuff. So if there's probably if I've got something on my mind, there's probably about eight people I'll talk to. But ultimately, the decisions got to rest with me and. Mm. It can be hard because, especially with a job like mine, there's lots of things. People always assume that the right answer to everything is yes. If you get an opportunity, if it's something that will raise your profile, if it's something that will get your song heard by more people, that automatically it should be a yes. But actually, I came to learn quite early on the the power of saying no to stuff as well. Right. Um, just because uh, you can find yourself in the predicament which makes you just feel uneasy, that you've done something that doesn't quite... Represent who you are, and just feels a little bit once removed from Mm. the version of yourself you want to be. It's very easy to lose your identity, particularly the beginning of a career, I think. Mm. So yes, sometimes I've had uh, big discussions with management or record company about things I've not felt very comfortable about. But ultimately, it's my face on the cover of my albums, and everybody's going to assume that I'm happy with everything I'm doing. Yeah, and they're not the ones who have to answer questions about in interviews or. To, you know something sticks something's stick, some 10 years on you're still talking about mm-hmm. it so it's better to go into everything for the right reasons I think
0: when I've spoken to people about this and trusting your gut is it something a lot of people say that as you get a bit older you find easier and easier to understand what you are happy with and not or have you have you always been that way
1: um actually I, I don't I don't think it's that so much for me I think um because I think I've always been because I've had this sort of council of people around me that i mm. like to talk to, um, I think I've always felt quite quite strong about the decisions once I've made them. Mm. Um, but I think the bit of me, the, the thing that's got easier, that got older, is I'm also a people pleaser and I hate letting people down and I hate conflict mm. and I want everything to run smoothly and I hate demotivating people. So I think you just become better at how to handle situations And better at how to articulate what it is about something that makes you feel uneasy or what it is about something that excites you because it's not always saying no to stuff. It can be a positive thing. I mean, I remember a few years back when I had been making lots of dance records and then my fifth album was basically sort of Eastern European inspired folk album called Wonderlust, you know that's quite a (laughs) curveball and I think I just you get better at explaining to people why that feels like the next thing to do and taking responsibility for your choices really Mm -hmm. and that that does feel really good as you get older I think yeah realizing that you know it's okay to you don't have to have someone else or something else to blame for how things turn out it's much better if you've done it because it felt like the right thing at the time
0: brilliant your second piece of advice tell us
1: Um, So we've gone from sort of profound (laughs) aspects of instincts uh, to much more practical. Um, My second bit of good advice was how to cook fish, actually. Oh, right. Um, Because I love cooking and um, it is my intention that all my children will leave home being able to cook. Um, They don't have to be master chefs, but just, you know, being able to make themselves something nice to eat would be good. Yes. Um, And Richard, my, my husband and I, we always, we like cooking together and Um, there's been a few things, a few people that are kind of integral, obviously home life. So my mum, my stepmom, both big cooks. Mm. Um, and then I had a Nigel Slater cookbook when I first left home. And he says at the beginning of his book, that he doesn't understand why people say that they can't cook. He says, if you can make yourself a cup of tea, you can cook. It's basically just timing and confidence. (laughs) Um, so yeah, when Richard and I must've been, I don't know, mid twenties, we did a A course about how to cook fish and their advice on how to cook it and how to be more confident about choosing it. Just, I think up until then I just basically been doing a lot of that wrong. And I eat fish a lot. That's probably my favourite thing. Mm. So that's the bit of advice that helped me the most. Basically, simple is good with fish. Simple.
0: Okay. (laughs) I'm I'm always like sticking a bit of foil and bung it in the oven and hope for the best. What's well, that's that's delicious too.
1: Yeah, roast roast fish is delicious. Mm. Um, But for me, I like sort of pan fried quite quick stuff you know just a little bit of salt on the fish some mm. uh, olive oil in the pan get it really hot and then sear it on both sides and yeah, nice. then you can bung it in the oven if it needs to be cooked through if it's something like sea bass or whatever but um, I think up until then I'd always overcooked fish <laughs> <laughs> But most of it even things like squid and stuff actually you, it's a funny one with that you either cook it for not very long at all so it's yeah. two or three minutes or a much slower cook yeah. if you leave it somewhere in the middle and get that's when it gets kind of rubbery and tough yeah so you see, this, these things have helped me on my way.
0: Is food a big part of your life or yes. is it what it is? Is it about food or is it about who you're eating with? and, and... All of
1: the above. Yeah, yeah I'm, I've eaten many lovely meals completely <laughs> on my own. I've um, eaten uh, many meals with lots of people. I've oh, yeah. cooked for many people. But even when I was at school, I used to come home in lunch break when I was for form and make myself something to eat at lunchtime because yeah. I like cooking. And yeah. I I know there are loads of people out there who don't don't really get excited about it. Um, and I'm not like the world's best cook but I think I just like the, the sort of contemplative nature of preparing yourself something to eat and uh and yeah I've just always found it quite a nice way to kind of get my thoughts in order I guess totally. so um I get very excited about meal times. yeah I love that <laughs> your third what's your third piece of advice so what is my third bit of advice every time I have I go to I have to get it off my phone because <laughs> honestly I'm not And no advice was memorise lists. Um, Oh, it's how to decorate the house, actually. Um, I suppose this could be any area of surroundings, but um, I've moved home a fair amount since I left home. Um, And sometimes when you move home, you really want to put your stamp on things Mm -hmm. and quite quickly give it your flavour and your personality. But actually, I think homes and environments, and sometimes this applies to projects as well, it's good to have a a nice balance between things you've planned and things you sort out quite quickly so that it feels like yours but then leaving a certain amount of stuff left open so that for me like my house has been able to tell me what it needs Mm. and it's a constantly evolving thing but I think when you first move you kind of want to get everything right straight away but actually um like we've been living in our home for 10 years and I'd say it's still kind of it's still showing me more of like actually maybe this here and this here and have you thought about this color or change that light or move that picture around just letting it evolve really it's like a constantly moving thing but but ultimately it's always your home so it's important to feel good about it
0: I love we're in your home now and it's absolutely beautiful where do you get your inspiration from what do you where do you get the ideas Oh
1: thank you I think it always looks especially good on podcasts <laughs> <laughs> I promise it really comes to life <laughs> um well, I love um making a home and I want people as well as when they come around to feel very relaxed and it's not stuffy and you know I've got four kids so everything is going to break at some point. Um but I love collecting things and at the moment with a new baby coming I'm also kind of nesting as well I think yeah. and just wanting it all to be really cozy and mm. we're entering into autumn and Just really enjoying, like, time at home. We were away for a lot of the summer and I really missed just being in my own bed and being in my own kitchen and that kind of thing.
0: I think more and more we're getting so obsessed with interiors. I think Mm. Instagram, everyone's obsessed with showing, like, their favourite corner of their flat and everything. Yeah. Is it something you've always been interested in?
1: Yeah. Um, I used to subscribe to Elle Decoration from when I was probably about 19. Wow. I've got piles and piles of them by my bed and ripping pages out and saving things and... um, yeah, I do like looking at what other people do, and, and probably as well. I've been very influenced by my own family homes. And I had in my mum's house, it's kind of similar to my taste. So mm. lots of color, lots of ridiculous, pointless knickknacks. <laughs> um, but my eldest son seems to have inherited his rooms the same. He keeps packages uh. he likes, he keeps like, you know, little weird dolls from things. And uh, yeah, he's very similar. Um, and then my stepmum and my dad have got a very homely home as well. And she's, kind of really good with interiors so all the colors are really tasteful and at christmas everything looks like a photo shoot it's kind of incredible i can't quite pull it off but (laughs) but i like the idea (laughs) but i'm not precious about anything like you know everything's to be used everything's to live and every corner of the house has hopefully got life in it Mm. i didn't want any areas that kind of stay stagnant you know everything's got to keep on shuffling forward Mm. brilliant your fourth piece of advice so my fourth piece of advice um it's a little bit of a strange one maybe but um a few years back I did uh what was the most terrifying thing I've done in my professional career which was strictly come dancing um which was not something I thought I'd ever be doing um and when I did the show I'd never seen it before Mm -hmm. so um basically they'd asked me to do it and it was probably I don't know the third or the fourth year in a row that asked me about doing it, I'd always just said, why would I want to go on a program that sees if I can dance when I make dance music? Like that could really yeah. shoot myself in the foot. <laughs> and then I had a girlfriend around called Helen who I've known since I was 11 and uh, I mentioned it to her and she, her whole body language changed and she got really excited. She like, oh my God, do you have to do it? And I thought, oh, that's funny. She, I didn't expect her to really mm. love the show. So after that, I kind of opened my eyes to it. So I went in to do it and then... Um, every week it was completely petrifying, like really exciting, um, and exhilarating, but really nerve wracking. And halfway through, I said to my manager, Derek, who I've worked with for, I don't know, I think it's 12 years. Mm. I said to him, do you have any idea how scary this thing is? You know, it's absolutely petrifying what you've sort of put me up for. And he said, but what a privilege, like how brilliant to be, you know, so scared and then get through it, Mm. which sounds like a really really sort of uh, tactless, sort of slightly yeah. perverse <laughs> response but actually I think there was something in what he said that really resonated with me and I thought actually it's true like um, if you know you're not in any real real danger mm. there's something good about doing things that scare you and just ignite that slight wobbly feeling in your tummy because otherwise things can get a little bit comfortable mm. and I'd, it sort of made me realize that over the course of my life I've quite often done that to myself just when everything starts getting quite comfy and I get into a place where I feel like oh okay I can I can almost sort of do this in my sleep kind of feeling I have a tendency to then pull the rug out and make it a bit scary again and I think actually it's it's good for me Mm -hmm. I think it's good for people so I'm always trying to encourage that in other people and say if the worst thing about doing something is you're scared of it that is not a reason to say no if you've got a legitimate reason for not doing it fair enough but if it's only that just the idea makes you nervous and you think Oh, that's a bit of a challenge and I don't know how I'm going to feel about it, mm. then do it. Like, what's the worst that can happen? Sometimes you realise you get through it and then you feel great the other side of it.
0: And I think especially in a creative industry like yours, you have to mix it up because otherwise you couldn't have the same inspiration for 10 years and be coming out with great, you know, great music.
1: Yeah, I think you've definitely got to do that for your creative stuff, as you say, like to keep the challenges and keep sort of shifting your perspective on stuff. But, But I think even if it's something silly, like sometimes I'll get asked to do like, that thing that everybody hates like public speaking and I actually really don't like that in real life but sometimes it just makes me kind of run towards it a bit more because I think well I'll just get through it and then I'll always know that actually I've done it and it's not as bad as I thought because most of those things aren't are they no. and so much of what goes on is a confidence trick um hardly anyone walks into a situation that would scare you and thinks ah I've got this like it's quite rare for people to feel genuinely comfortable for most people like with my my thing like walking out on stage and singing um it's completely unnatural really at its base but it's just through experience and having things go really wrong and realizing that you know no one died and life goes on you kind of get get to that point where you think well if i know that really really i'm safe Mm -hmm. then what the hell yeah so it's quite a nice feeling really
0: Everyone yeah. says um, Strictly is terrifying. <laughs> you are, n- you know, you walk out and expose yourself and sing. You mm-hmm. know that is your job. So, what was it about going on Strictly that was so terrifying? What?
1: Well, you- no previous experience doing anything like that. It's mm-hmm. probably a good place to start. Yeah. So I'd never had any dance lessons or anything like that. Mm. No dance um, background. So it's very new. Yeah. And I uh, just don't know how if I can articulate it any better than just you've learned a brand new skill that you're not really 100% sure you're doing right or you've Mm. mastered and then you have to do it live on telly in front of 12 million people yeah that's quite scary (laughs) isn't
0: it (laughs) it is the biggest show on television it really is but it's
1: also lovely yeah and everybody's in the same boat Mm. and it's fun and you're allowed to smile and laugh and enjoy yourself and you're I always found the transition of the of the show day really helpful because you're putting hair and makeup and putting this spangly outfit and suddenly, like, well, what are you going to do? Just go yeah. and sit around doing nothing? <laughs> you're, you're dressed like that. You might as well go on a dance floor. Yeah. So it kind of allowed a slight out-of-body experience. And also you're preparing for it. So when you get, when it ultimately goes live and they're like, and, you know, the music starts and they introduce your name on the thing, mm-hmm. um, it is still the same dance you've been practicing all week. Yeah. So it's not like you've now got to do it but with your eyes shut or something. Mm. But yeah, it's that fear of it being scary never really goes away because each week is a new challenge. Yeah. So you'd think it's going to get easier. You think each week like, oh, actually, I've been doing it for four weeks now. It's fine. But no, because this week is... A jive and last week you did a cha-cha and mm. like you know no maybe jive is not my thing you <laughs> yeah. know so, actually it turned out it really wasn't yeah. so yeah you just don't know you just oh. don't know
0: i'm with your friend i think it sounds like the most exciting thing ever but i can imagine it's yeah. absolutely terrible
1: no no it was also a real privilege yeah. it was and i loved 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 learning something new yeah. that felt like i mean god it's so it's so weird because Most people, I well, maybe this is more me. I don't know, but I kind of learnt most stuff I know probably by the time I was about eight. Like my knowledge hasn't really grown that much since I was probably eighteen. Yeah, I mean, life experience, yes, but actual facts, figures, info. You know, like, like if you know, my, my piano playing is plateaued since I was like 14 you know it's like there's so much in life where you go oh that that's me that's that's the standard I'm at and it's like well actually you don't do any lessons anymore and you're not trying to get any further so how do you know but so to get to my 30s and then be learning to dance Mm. and like how people waltz and the history of the Charleston or stuff like felt wonderful I love submerging myself in something new and you're allowed to you're actually legitimately allowed to like give over your whole day just to dancing all day Amazing. that's pretty glorious yeah that sounds amazing
0: uh you've, what's your fifth piece of advice
1: we're running through them aren't we yeah. full of good advice today you are <laughs> um so the next bit of advice was given to me by someone I've worked with for a long time She's a video director called Sophie Muller mm-hmm. and uh she did um my first ever solo video uh so take me home she did murder on the dance floor over the years we've done over 10 videos together. Mm. She's done videos for my last two albums and the artwork as well, so she did all the photography. And she's amazing. I trust her completely. She's got an amazing eye. We always have lots of fun together. Um, and she was, she gave me a really good bit of advice. When I was like in my early twenties, especially, I was still quite young in my way of thinking, very black and white about stuff. So I like this, I don't like that. And if I liked it, it was cool. And if I didn't like it, it was naff. You know, probably quite a typical way to be when you're young. Um, And so she might say to me, oh, what about this idea? Or maybe you could try this. And I'd say, no, I don't think that sounds like a good idea. And she would say, let it live before you kill it. And I thought, that's a really good bit of advice because it just means that before you completely stamp something out and say, I already know the ending to this, it's not going to work. Just just let something blossom a tiny bit. Mm. And then you might be surprised by the outcome um and actually again especially in a creative field that's a really good bit of advice actually and I've definitely heard myself saying that to other people
0: yeah that's when you know it's a good bit of advice yeah you like oh yeah you need to hear this one
1: yeah 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 no it's, it stood me in good stead I think do you enjoy making music videos is it a part of it that you like oh I love making videos mm. I know there are some um bands and musicians that don't like it but I don't identify for me it's like you get a whole little film made for your song like that's yeah. incredible yeah We've had so much fun as well. I mean, it did help that I sort of landed on my feet um, because I have made the occasional video that's been more like pulling teeth when I've worked with some different folk. But with Sophie, we've just always had so much fun. And we basically have made videos where we've thought, okay, what country would we like to go and visit? So we did one in Iceland because we just both liked the idea of going to Reykjavik and nice. made a whole story there. And then we did one, we did two in Mexico just because we thought we'd love to go to Mexico yeah. to work on a video. So we ended up in this place called Puerto Vallarta, shooting in Elizabeth Taylor's house. Mm, it's right. like, you know, yeah. what's not to like really? Yeah. You know, margaritas when you're having a bit of a dip in your energy levels. <laughs> it's all good. That <laughs> <It> sounds fabulous. <laughs> it, it really was. It was so much fun. No, we've done loads of that. We've done Italy. Now we've done Venice and... Florence and we filmed one and she's got a little cottage in the country went there for a bit um yeah
0: (laughs) hard work I'm sure
1: (laughs) well the best thing is if you're working with people that are really talented and good at their job um and then you also happen to be really good friends with them like Mm. it is honestly that is the best fun Mm. because everybody's got the freedom to do what they do and you know they do it well and then you end up just giggling and laughing and having lots of fun and also getting this work done, mm. so there's like a little dream team of people that I always ask for any new project, and uh, I've been very fortunate that sort of ninety percent of the time I've been able to get the people that I've, the first people I've wanted to ask. Mm. And especially when you're making, I mean, I'm my this is my third album that I'm bringing out on my own label, so it, I'm very aware that yes, I'm an independent label, but I'm using people that are incredible. Mm. Like it's not a usual setup. Um, and they do other jobs that are much more flashy and that means that we can go and have fun and i can just say well it's not going to be a big flashy thing for a, a a major label but but you have got complete freedom and what mm. what should we do and then it yeah. becomes like fun yeah amazing mm. and what's your sixth piece of good advice so my sixth piece of good advice um actually goes back to my mum again who's someone that gives me good advice all the time she's mm. someone that not just for me she's kind of the person that a lot of people go to when they've got problems and she's got she's quite good to you know good to being giving sage advice and a wise wise advice. in fact my husband said that he's never heard my mum say something she doesn't he doesn't agree with which is pretty <laughs> shocking isn't it I even I can't say that aren't you sure <laughs> Um but when I was younger especially I used to be really bad at going to sleep and get quite bad insomnia um mainly because my head gets a bit buzzy and I find it quite hard to switch off and rather than her saying oh just go to sleep and being quite sort of harsh about it which doesn't really work mm. she would always say well it doesn't matter if you don't panic about not sleeping don't count how many hours you got left to get up but just relax and even if you're just resting and not doing much even if you're just reading a book that's, that can still be really beneficial. And of course, what happens inevitably if you do that is you end up falling asleep. Mm. But I think just encouraging me to not put myself under pressure to sleep, but actually just to be okay with the fact that I wasn't sleeping was always really helpful. Yeah. And you can apply it to other things. But sometimes if something isn't coming naturally that you know is good for you, if you just relax and tell yourself there's no pressure about the fact it's not happening, then it actually tends to happen, doesn't it? mm so, yes, particularly with sleep. And now with my kids, sometimes they'll have nights where they just can't sleep. And I was like, well, okay, let's put a couple of books in your bed and yeah. just look at the pictures until, you know, you start getting... And if you don't don't drop off, then it's okay. Mm. It's still good to rest and, and just give yourself a bit of quiet time.
0: Because that is the world's worst feeling, isn't it? When you're mm. like 3 a.m., I've got two hours left.
1: you know, And you're kind it's of counting horrible. down. Yeah. yeah. And you're lying there like on your fingers like, oh, no, mm. no, I've only got four hours before I have to get up. It's just, yeah... And you get that kind of horrible, panicky feeling. Mm. And you suddenly start thinking of all the things you've got to do the next day. But now they're all under this veil of, I will feel knackered. I won't do any of them well. I'll be emotional. I'll be moody. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) So, um, And I don't get, like, tons of sleep, generally. Um, If it's not one of the kids or work, then... I think I just sleep quite lightly these days. Yeah. Maybe it's also with having a baby. I don't know. I've been having really vivid dreams. I don't know <laughs> if you've been experiencing the same thing with your pregnancy. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, like, isn't it? Where's that come from? I yeah. know, really complicated. <laughs> yeah, um, and not always that cheery. Actually, they're quite sort of dramatic and mm. um, anxiety laced. I don't know. I wonder if it. I did wonder if it's maybe because the baby's kind of like shuffling around and like so somewhere in your head, you're yeah. kind of aware that something in you is not sleeping yeah (laughs) sounds really creepy (laughs) don't mean it that way
0: do you do you find time to relax or and or do you make an effort to find time to relax are you good at that
1: um depends what your definition of relaxing is Mm. really I'm not very good at sitting around and just being like okay just have five minutes doing nothing because there's always something to be doing so I get a bit like antsy um uh, so I think I'm quite I can be a a little bit restless but that being said I'm quite relaxed in myself about life generally Mm. and I think overall hopefully I deal with stress quite well so I find more that there's just little ways to keep things buoyant and still be enjoying what I'm doing Mm. and even embracing the things where there's a bit of a tipping and you feel like everything's got a bit chaotic and there's a little bit too many thoughts in your head Mm. um actual relaxing as in running a bath or watching a whole movie or something like no not really (laughs) but i'll do it at some point that will happen (laughs) maybe sometime next year no time for netflix binges then Mm, we try but i i tend to fall asleep halfway through stuff Mm, no reflection on the quality of the programming it's just (laughs) what happens to me yeah and it's horrible isn't it because you'll feel quite perky one minute and then you're just like oh no here it comes and it's like comes over me like a wave and suddenly Mm. my eyes start like crossing over and then
0: yeah
1: and then it's just the question of, do I fall asleep on the sofa where it's warm and cosy and I've been sat for ages or do I just actually get myself up to bed <laughs> Which in time? is the worst bit, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> So we like to finish on a piece of bad advice because people <laughs> always like to give advice out and it's not necessarily the best thing, you know. So yeah. what is a piece of advice that you've been given that...
1: Well, it's kind of a broad thing, really. It's just something I hear being praised as a good way to be and a good bit of advice, but I actually think it's really overrated. Uh, It might be a bit controversial, actually, but it's it's being honest. I -hmm. think people place so much credit on honesty and telling people to their face what you really think about stuff. And I'm like, no, No." the (laughs) world needs things that other people don't hear said about themselves, keeping private, thanks. Um, You know, if you ever watch shows I love to watch, like, Big Brother, like celebrity Big Brother, and I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here! And all this mm. sort of thing, where you put us sort as of a load of people in a situation where they're confronted with strangers and have to sort of form this little society. There's always someone that will be quite rude to people and say, "Oh, that's just me. I speak as I yeah. find. You know, you like you like me or you don't like me, but like, there's no changing me." Mm. And I just think it's so overrated to tell people to their face when you don't agree with something or you're like. I'm all for um sticking to your ground and if someone says something you think is offensive or fun- fundamentally inaccurate it's totally fine to um to you know correct or to have a debate all that stuff is brilliant I love all that mm. don't shy away from being who you are or sticking true to your beliefs but if you don't like someone they don't need to know you don't like them no
0: <laughs> and isn't it weird that when people say I'm just honest it's always followed by something not nice
1: yeah horrible so, yeah Yeah I just think it's so overrated and you know sometimes um, someone might helpfully tell me oh actually when you were out the room this person said this about you and I'm like I don't need to know maybe I was being unreasonable maybe I did do something annoying (laughs) like they're entitled to like let off steam about me yeah and I there's in fact probably most people even people you adore when you talk about them without them being in the room, you probably say things in a slightly different way to how you'd say it if they were in front of you. Mm. Even people, and you don't even realise you're doing it. So I don't, I just don't think people, I think actually that's the, it's, it's a good oil that makes society work well. Yeah. I don't think we need to dismantle that. No,
0: there's a reason we have diplomacy. Yeah, <laughs> yes. It
1: happens. Yeah, and tact and kindness. And mm. it's okay to be oblivious about some things, you know, so long as it's not like hurting anyone. Um obviously all of this goes within a context of doing the right thing at the right time but mm. just as a general thing there seems to be this wave of oh it's really great to tell people to their face and it's like nah I'm really happy with not knowing but not <laughs> even to their face
0: social media opens you up to yeah. people saying things that they would never say to you really do you that's very true do you do much on social media or do you like to or do you kind of put out but not look at the comments and stuff?
1: um no i'm probably more of a voyeur with a lot of it really i'll look through stuff i 'm quite fascinated. I always have been quite fascinated with what people feel compelled to share publicly mm. um, so that 's why I love reading like celebrity magazines sometimes really and not not the kind of um scoops where they're sort of pap shots, but like literally the interviews people give where they 're really candid. you think, why are you telling people this <laughs> stuff i kind I'm glad they are, but why yeah and um yeah, and no, so I think social media um uh, my sort of my thing with that is if there's something in you that isn't sure whether you should post something then don't yeah if you know and and, but sometimes it's nice to open discussion stuff but I've never knowingly said anything pointed about someone else in fact sometimes if there's someone a public figure that I think is really outrageous I actually don't want to give them the benefit of having Mm -hmm. worked their way into my comments like you know it's like I don't, I don't want them to know that I know they exist yeah I mean, that's <laughs> really <much> petty that. <laughs> probably in my head this is like some tiny victory it's not but um yeah no I don't I don't think it should be about getting personal with people mm-hmm. I don't think it's helpful and anyway if we're in a situation if once something's happening it's more about I'm more about being positive about getting momentum into making something good come out of it mm-hmm. other than going into sort of big slagging match really yeah You're right, it's emboldened people, hasn't it?
0: Amazing. I've loved talking to you, Sophie. Thank you so (laughs) much. Yeah, you (laughs) do. Thank you so much to Sophie. I thought she was so fascinating and a great interview. For more on her upcoming album, The Song Diaries and The Tour, go to sophieellisbexter.net. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, please do subscribe, rate us, review us. It really helps spread the word. We look forward to seeing you next week for more advice from women worth listening to.